welcome to Docupied, a podcast about anime, manga, light novels, and industry news. I'm your host, Brandon, otherwise known as DocPay, and this week's episode, we are diving into another light novel. It is not one that I recently started or anything like that. Some of the others that I've recently dug into and checked out, I've decided to, to wait for at least one other volume, and then maybe I'll talk about them or kind of have more to say give me a better picture of, you know, the story, the characters, the writing. Not that you can't get that from a single volume, but I just felt like I should read a little more before saying anything. Anyway, that's not why you're here. In this episode, I'll be talking about, I think it's safe to call it probably one of my favorites, but also one that like hurts. <laughs> um, Roka, Braves of the Six Flowers by Ishio Yamagata. This one's published by Yen On, or Yen Press, their light novel imprint. There are six volumes currently available, and this is the part that I meant about it hurting, is that there are only these six volumes, even out in Japan. The author's been on an extended hiatus since, I think, 2015. As far as I know, it has not been cancelled, or dropped by the publisher, or anything like that. I'm not actually sure they're has ever been any kind of officially stated or announced reason that the series has been kind of on this hiatus, but I figured I would just kind of get that out of the way before we talk about it, because, at least in my opinion, even with the series being on a hiatus uh, after Volume 6, it's still really worth reading. Obviously, the story is not complete, but there is a semblance of like the main big overarching kind of like plot goal and mystery and story does wrap up in volume six in a way. Well, one of the overarching stories, I guess we'll just say the like main background for the actual work, like the main plot of the setting is not resolved, but man, there's okay. Let me back up. So first off, you might recognize this title because it has an anime adaptation and the anime aired in 2015 as well. So it really does kind of suck that we've gotten no new content since 2015 for this story. Although I guess, you know, considering the release schedule for the English light novels, we got volume six in 2018. So it, it's been somewhat stretched for us. But that's kind of beside the point. The anime when it aired was was actually really popular. It got one season, one core. There were 12 episodes, and it covered the contents of the first volume of the light novel. In a lot of ways, you can kind of watch the anime adaptation and generally be fine with it where it ended. Like, it has the feeling of a mostly complete story, if you ignore kind of a lot of the setup stuff that they were doing. But I guess I'm also getting ahead of myself. We'll talk about the anime, I think, later. So just know that you may have heard this title before, and it's probably because of the anime, because it was pretty popular. And interestingly enough, I also have like a small connection to this series. This anime was produced and published by Pony Canyon while I worked there, when I lived in Japan, and I was involved in 
well, absolutely nothing to do with the kind of Japanese version or side of things. So don't get excited on that front. But I did have a lot to do with the US kind of release and marketing and info. And back then at the time, we also did several like really fun and interesting uh, live stream events centered around this series, the anime version. I had not read the light novels at the time, so all I knew was the anime, and I really liked it, and I still do. And having read the light novel, I like it so much more. So let's actually talk about the light novel, finally. There's a, a couple important things to note before I kind of jump in, but I did mention that the anime version only covers the first volume of six that are available, and given the nature of this series in that it is a mystery with lots of plot and intrigue, I really do feel like this episode is going to end up a lot like So I'm a Spider, So What, where there's so much I can't really talk about or say because it would give something away or it might hint at something that is a like big spoiler, which is actually leading me to the conclusion that I think... So What, I'm a Spider, and this series, Roka, Braves of the Six Flowers, are likely to be like the first two like spoiler discussion episodes that I do. They really need them to talk in any degree of detail about the plots. I definitely feel like I can only give you the most surface of surface information on either series, but I'll kind of do the best I can to work around that for this one. And so obviously... I don't intend to spoil any major plot or character development within this story, or this episode, rather. But I will be talking kind of more generally than usual about it all than I do. So here's the description for the first volume. Seven heroes gathered to save the world, but the legend spoke of only six. Long ago, the evil god was sealed at the edge of the continent, where it lies in slumber. Each time it awakens... It threatens to plunge the world into hell, and each time, six powerful warriors are chosen to seal it away again. But now, as the cycle begins anew, the crest of the six flowers marks not six braves, but seven. Ans, the mysterious assassin for hire. Mora, the elder of the All Heavens Temple. Kamo, the young but deadly saint of swamps. Nashtania, the princess. And Goldolf, the knight yearning to win her heart. Premi, the girl with the dark past, and Adlet, the boy with a dream. When the braves of the six flowers realize one of their number is an imposter, hero will turn on hero in this exciting new series. So that is, I guess, the basic, like, most overarching plot description, which, you know, is fitting for a back cover description of the first volume. And essentially... This is still the kind of biggest overarching plot throughout the story, this evil god awakening, there being six heroes who have to go to defeat it, and that is kind of the driving undercurrent of the story. And I will say, sadly, that is the bit that remains unresolved as of volume six, but the first six volumes do constitute, I'd say, the entirety of... I guess the first main arc and it does resolve the 
we'll say main point of conflict in the first six volumes, which is the seven heroes, or rather that there is an imposter, along with the conflict with the enemy of that first arc. All of that is is resolved. And so this is why I can, I guess, continue to recommend the series and talk about it so fondly, in that while the the main story is not actually complete, like the first big important arc is, man, just like Spider, it's really hard to talk around this because it's it's all built on like a foundational mystery. I even think telling you about any characters beyond the ones that were mentioned explicitly in this volume one description could lead you to like additional spoilers. But at least in my head, I'm I'm having a lot of difficulty like running through the information about the series and like what's both safe to talk about and spoiler free and like what could lead to the spoilers. <laughs> I'm usually not so concerned personally with that, but the whole point of this series is the mystery and the intrigue. And so I really don't want to ruin that for new readers. Alright, anyway. So this work is a fantasy story. There's plenty of action to be had, but the main focus is like mystery and intrigue. And so it is a lot of characters hiding things from each other, playing off each other, trying to figure out the intentions of everyone around them, trying to work out what their enemy's plan is, trying to come up with their own plan to counter a great deal of this work and these light novels are all about the characters, I guess, both trying to work with each other, but also towards their own individual goals, usually, while also trying to solve like the various mysteries that crop up in the different volumes. Kind of the only thing I will say is that you will be surprised each volume. Every volume kind of has its own mini arc and mystery and intrigue that it deals with, within the greater story, that all kind of builds on what came before it, that all then builds into what comes after, and it crescendos into a really great like resolution in volume six. I don't really want to tell you much about who the kind of enemy of the story is, but let's just say I was quite fond of the way that that particular character is written. They're incredibly devious and they're a particularly like troublesome character to deal with for everyone else in oh so many ways, both directly and indirectly, I'll just say. For those of you familiar with the anime adaptation, the first volume, and I will talk maybe a little bit more about it, but the first volume is essentially a locked room mystery. I, I won't give you any really more info about that, but it's using the concept of a locked room mystery, you know, things you'll find in like detective stories to create this mystery and intrigue in the first volume. And it's really interesting. And the anime did a really good job adapting that locked room mystery. And sadly, it had to end right there. And we never got, you know, the remaining story and mystery in the anime version. But the light novels are so good. They're Okay, before I go off on a tangent on the writing, let's keep talking about the characters. So, of the characters I mentioned, I think kind of my personal favorites are Hans, who is this um, assassin for hire, but he is cat-like. He's not an actual cat, but his fighting style is reminiscent or like based on felines, 
he speaks with kind of meow and meow and things like that. That stuff's whatever for me, but the actual character underneath all of that, like surface level, like character trope stuff, I think is pretty interesting. He's, you know, an incredibly skilled fighter, very perceptive, and he makes some like very bold and interesting moves and maneuvers throughout the course of the story. I think personally, my other favorite character is the main character, which is Adlet. You know, his catchphrase became one of the, I guess, signatures of the TV anime adaptation. And it's, I'm the strongest man in the world. He says it so many times, but the way he says it with a smile and he means it. And what he means is that he can handle anything. He might not necessarily be the absolute strongest fighter or the absolute best with coming up with plans or countering the enemy, but he is the one man in the world who can handle anything thrown at him. And that's kind of his thing is that he's tenacious. He's persistent. He will never give up. You will not, you know, break his will. And he's very crafty. His, his gimmick is that he has many tools that he uses to trick, obfuscate, and generally just use his like skills and tools to overcome maybe some of the powers or the raw strength of some of the other characters. Within the context of this series, women are able to become what's known as a saint in their world. And this saint is like a representative of something and is given powers. So Mora is a saint of the mountain, and so she has kind of abilities related to that. Chemo is the saint of swamps, and so has abilities related to that. Nashatania is the saint of blades. Remy is the saint of gunpowder. And there are others, but don't really want to talk about them. <laughs> I suppose what I mean by that is there are others that are important characters in the story that are saints, and there are also like background or historical characters within the setting that are saints that are also important to many of the things that happen within the plot and story and world. One that I can talk about is the saint of the single flower. In the context of the world, she is the one who sealed the evil god at the edge of the continent. She is also the one that set up the the tournament before the divine, which is which uses the spirit of fate to choose the next six heroes every time the evil god awakens from its slumber, every like, what is it, 700 years or so? It's been a long time since I read that first volume. And the main reason there are only six heroes and you need this crest in order to be able to go defeat the evil god is that the edge of the continent where the evil god is sealed is toxic to humans. And so... Only those with this crest that protects them from that toxin are able to venture into that area. They call it the Howling Vile Lands. This area is inhabited entirely by what are known as fiends. Those fiends are actually kind of a, I don't want to call them byproduct, but they are born from the evil god. They are generally these like amalgamations of various types of animals in appearance. They can develop intelligence, or some of them can, and they develop abilities based on their own kind of will. And so these fiends are what the actual primary enemy of the Braves are. 
these fiends, especially the ones with intelligence, that control the rest of the fiends and defend the Howling Violands and defend the evil god. Within the fiends' ranks, there are three factions and three leaders. I can kind of say no more about that, but that is actually the main force, the main enemy that the Braves must overcome to reseal the evil god where it slumbers every, you know, what, six or seven hundred years, whatever it is. Obviously, those fiends have no intention of allowing that to happen every time, but up until present day, they've been defeated each time, and the evil god has been resealed. And so that brings us to present, where the main, we'll call it gimmick, of the story is that there are seven heroes, and so one of them is an imposter. At least that's the the volume one setup. The author, Ishio Yamagata, does such a fantastic job, you know, establishing these fascinating worlds and settings, putting these characters in there with all of their own unique motivations. No one in here is a trope. I mean, on the surface, absolutely. But one step beyond that, they have a lot of depth and development and the writing will consistently surprise you in terms of like the direction it takes both the characters and the plot. The series is very well written. I know a lot of light novels, I like to talk about how they're like easy to read or, you know, maybe the dialogue is stiff or there's lots of like info dumps and, you know, the writing's not the greatest. This series doesn't follow that pattern, at least in my opinion. The way that the mysteries are laid out and revealed and the way that the the characters act within the story, the way everything unfolds is very well done. I think it's incredibly smartly written. And at least to me, it was clear like just how much thought and effort went into making this story in terms of like point of view or narration, at least as far as I can remember, the entire novel is written in first person from one perspective or another. It changes perspective characters often between all of the different characters, some of the different factions. It even hides who the perspective is sometimes that you're following to, you know, keep up the mystery and, uh, you know, give you some additional information beyond what the other characters are privy to. But there are no, like, third-person narrator info dumps about the world or the history, usually, I think. Well, or you know what, thinking back, I think there are like small, small sections of third-person narration to give some background info at various points. So I guess you can scratch that, that there isn't, but it's not huge. And for the most part, everything is told through the story and through the writing. You even get plenty of perspective changes to the enemy faction, to the fiend side of things. It's really interesting being able to kind of follow along all these different characters as they go through these struggles. And before I accidentally say too much about anything in terms of the, the writing or plot, one thing that I actually realized I don't often mention for a light novel is the artwork. And I feel kind of bad that I haven't mentioned it in other cases. For example, Soul on the Spider, So What has 
fantastic cover art and insert art as an example. And in this case as well, Miyagi, the illustrator, has some really beautiful artwork on the cover and the insert color pages, along with, you know, the various illustrations throughout the volume. I think for the most part, if I'm remembering correctly, all of the illustrations are inserted at chapter breaks, and usually it's one of the characters, but on visuals alone, I just, I really like the artwork. So let's talk a little bit about the anime version. I know I already kind of talked quite a bit about it, but again, because there's only so much I can say without giving spoilers away, I can't say too much, but the anime adaptation, like I mentioned a few times, covers the events of the first volume, and I do think it's well done. It's definitely worth watching whether you've read the light novel or not, whether you intend to read the light novel or not. A lot of care was put into recreating that locked room mystery and making it as interesting as possible. Well, I wouldn't necessarily say the like animation itself is the best thing ever, but the backgrounds are beautiful. The character designs are memorable. I really enjoyed the opening and ending songs and the several ending songs, I guess we'll say. And the soundtrack was actually composed by Michiru Oshima, who did the soundtrack for one of my favorite series ever, Tatami Galaxy. One kind of, I don't want to call it weird, but hobby I have is if there is an anime adaptation of a light novel series, I'm a big fan of reading the volumes or the latest volumes with the soundtrack from the anime playing in the background. I don't know how many of you out there do that, but I've listened to the soundtrack many times over the course of reading those six volumes, and I've listened to it outside of that, obviously, and I really do like the soundtrack a lot. It strikes like the perfect tone for that fantasy action mystery story, and there were so many like coincidental moments where I'm reading and there's this really like fascinating thing going on, and the, mu- the music is like reflecting that because I'm at some song that kind of has that exact mood. So that is kind of a unique benefit, we'll call it privilege maybe, of certain light novels having an anime adaptation, is you can take their soundtracks and listen to it while reading. I really feel like I've said a lot, but also said very little in doing so. And I I feel kind of bad about that, same way as I did for the other one, uh, Spider, but that's kind of how it has to be. So I won't drag this out because there's really only so much I can say. But what I can say and will say is that I love this series. It's really good. It doesn't matter that it's on hiatus. Those first six volumes are absolutely worth a read, no matter what. And if you're interested, the anime version is totally worth watching too. So that is the light novel series, Roka, Braves of the Six Flowers by Ishio Yamagata, published in English by Yen On or Yen Press. There are six volumes currently available. Definitely go check this one out. And let me know if you've read it already, what you think of it. I think I do want to do a spoiler discussion episode of it. Maybe I'll bring a guest on to talk about it because there's just so much to, to say. So let me know if you're interested in that. Thanks for listening. Follow my Twitter, I am DocPay for updates. And please, if you liked Occupied, leave a review wherever you listen to your podcasts. If they don't have reviews, go do it on Apple Podcasts. 
every bit helps. I'll catch you next time.